Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Aaron Mitchell here on this 5th of December, Tuesday the 5th of December 2023. A, uh, another beautiful day here in the Macedon Ranges and uh, I've been back to the gym today for the first time in like four years. Uh, long story, but uh, when COVID hit, I'd, I'd been going to the gym in my local gym for, for about 10 years, religiously, multiple times a week. A uh, combination of weight training, strength training, obviously, um, and cardio. And uh, when COVID hit, uh, gym shut down and I haven't been back until today. So I went into a brand new gym. It is, uh, as I'm recording this, it's uh, late morning on Tuesday and uh, I was at the gym this morning, dropped my border collie Millie off to the vet. She's having a procedure today. Um, she's all good. Just going to pick her up later on this afternoon. I went to the gym and uh, man, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it right now. So it's um, it's amazing how you lose, uh, well, you lose muscle memory but you also lose muscle strength and strength and a thing called atrophy, muscle atrophy. And as I was working out this morning, I was thinking about the atrophy of a different kind being the mental atrophy and how much uh, mental capacity we lose when we do not continue to focus on our own professional development, but also creating an environment where our team can also continue to improve the way they go about things as well. So one of the things I've always talked about to sales leaders in particular, is making sure that they're always a couple of steps ahead of the team, always looking at not so much doing things like MBAs or extra courses, but doing lots of reading, uh, surrounding yourself with great people, uh, doing lots of reading in terms of um, business books, uh, listening to podcasts, surrounding yourself with great people who are challenging you to get out, out of your comfort zone, continuing to improve and get better so that we minimize the opportunity for atrophy to start to kick in which then will start to lead to a degradation of performance because the leader is actually plateauing. Now, one of the key things I want to talk about today, and we'll get straight into it, is not so much atrophy, but the importance of building high-performing teams. And one of the key responsibilities of a leader is to first and foremost define reality, which we sort of touched on yesterday in the podcast, but also as part of that process, making sure that we create an environment and a culture that is super engaging, super empowering, super challenging, but also rooted in a thing called trust. And high-performing teams are built on that bedrock of trust. And I've often used this term ruthlessly uncompromising, and I recorded a podcast, I think last week or the week before, in relation to that particular topic. One of the things that exceptional sales leaders are very, very ruthless on is making sure they do whatever it takes to ethically and intentionally build trust within their team. Now, they also know that it doesn't come just because they have the title, just because they have the position, or just because they are, quote-unquote, a great person. They have to work on this constantly, and they never, ever take their team for granted and never, ever take their responsibility for granted. And they understand that culture is everything. And they make a, make a priority, therefore, to make sure that bedrock of trust is the fundamental pillar of success in the team. And of course, exceptional sales letters always focus on not just the here and now, they're focusing on making sure they've created an environment where success becomes not just sustainable, it also becomes replicable. And so in the in the concept of today, we're going to talk about uh, trust and specifically some pillars of trust that I believe 
are really critical for leaders to adopt and continue to focus on. But before we jump into that, it's really important to understand what can cause dysfunction within a team that can lead the team to make, uh, I guess, decisions in other areas or to allocate their discretionary effort into different areas as well that ultimately leads to a fracturing potentially of the culture of the team and therefore the performance starts to dip uh, and if if not, uh, completely break down. So in the leadership workshops I run, I very often refer to Patrick Lencioni, who is an author. Uh, He's also a consultant, uh, wrote, wrote a book, I think back in 2002, known as The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. A phenomenal book and filled with great information for leaders who are looking to take their leadership to an entirely new level. Now, before I talk about these five dysfunctions, therefore, as a flip side, what are the five functions of a team? It's really interesting to look at and observe leaders out there in the marketplace at the moment and how much of them are not necessarily putting their conscious focus on building trust. They tend to be more focused on, unfortunately, the top of the pyramid that Patrick Lencioni refers to, which is all about the results. And I see it all the time, conversations with the teams, conversations with individuals in terms of one-on-one, it is all geared around the result. Now, I understand that as soon as we get to this time of year, where it's the end of the end of the quarter, end of the end of the month, for many, end of the financial year, depending on where you're located and what your financial year is, but also obviously the end of the calendar year, there's a huge amount of pressure that gets placed upon teams from up on high to have to deliver the results. And unfortunately, often what I do see is when there's this massive, massive focus almost at the, to the exclusion of everything else on results, you see some behaviors that may be coming into question, not as ethical as perhaps you'd like them to see, but it's all done to try and get the number in to appease the senior leaders and in some cases to appease the shareholders. As senior leaders, as sales leaders, and certainly as exceptional sales leaders, we need to take a step back and think about, is this the right thing to do? Is this the ethical thing to do? Is the action that I'm taking right now, is that going to plant a seed for future uh, future growth? Or is it going to plant a seed for question marks to start to appeal? Because we've always got to remember also that we're conditioning our customers, just like we as leaders are conditioning our team on how to treat us. So I want to talk about just the functions of a team and then jump into three core pillars of trust that if we can do these and put them in place and continue to work on developing uh, capabilities around these, then we give ourselves every opportunity as a leader to be in a position to be trusted by our team. It does not come just because we are the, are the leader. It does not come because we have the title. We have to earn this every single day. So from a dysfunction of a team perspective, Lencioni talks about there being five dysfunctions and, it's, and it starts with the bedrock of trust. Now, the bedrock of trust from a perspective of dysfunction is actually known as the absence of trust. And when there's an absence of trust, there are people within the team who are almost tiptoeing around the edges. They're not fully invested in terms of what the team is looking to achieve. They're not necessarily fully invested in their compatriots, their colleagues. They're not being vulnerable. They're not sharing how it is they really feel. Their discretionary effort typically is a lot lower than what it normally would be in a highly functional team. And they're just not playing the game. They're not looking for how they can serve. They're really looking for how they can be served by others. So when there's an absence of trust, and I often say when there's an absence of trust, there's a lack of psychological safety for our team to feel as if they can be who they are. And so one of the key things as a leader is we've got to make sure that we provide this this foundation, almost bedrock, where there's trust that is just implicit 
and explicit by everything that we do. And we'll talk about some of the things to do in, in relation to that in a second. So the first thing from a dysfunctional point of view is if there's an absence of trust, what tends to happen is people can't feel as if they can be themselves. They're tiptoeing around the edges, I've already said. But what that leads to is it leads to a fear of actually having robust conversations and a fear of conflict. Now, when this happens, you have people who may have some fantastic ideas, but because there's a lack of trust, they don't feel comfortable putting those ideas on the table because often they're gonna be concerned with, okay, how are other people gonna react to that? What sort of feedback are they gonna be given? Are they gonna be laughed at? And so they play it safe. When there's a fear of conflict, they often become passive contributors to the team. And that leads to a thing called a lack of commitment. So it's a lack of commitment to the cause, and often it's a lack of commitment to their own level of discretionary effort. And often you hear people say, well, what's the point? Because we're not going to get this result anyway, or I don't get good feedback, or I'm always doing all the work and nobody else is actually making a contribution, so why should I bust my butt to try and get things done when everybody else is actually taking a step back and not actually... Uh, making a contribution. So when there's a lack of commitment, what that tends to happen, it leads to an avoidance of accountability. And it's not just accountability at an individual level, there's an accountability at a group level as well. So there is an avoidance of that, which almost says that when there's an avoidance of accountability, we're not prepared to have the conversations. We're not bringing people to account. We're not bringing, giving, giving feedback and ultimately not living up to the standards that we want to have as an exceptional sales team. So when there's an avoidance of accountability, this ultimately leads to step number five in the dysfunctions of a team being an inattention to results. Now, this is an interesting one because often in a, in a fun, dysfunctional team, you'll have a focus on results, but it'll be a focus at the individual level on their individual results. They're not looking for what's the contribution that I'm making to the greater team, to the greater good. I'm just looking for what's in it for me. So I'm, not, I'm taking my eyes off what how the team is going to be performing and focusing simply on what am I going to be delivering for myself. Because if I'm okay, then I really don't care about anybody else. Now, all of this stems from an absence of trust. And this is what Lencioni talked about being the five dysfunctions of a team. When there's an absence of trust, there is a fear of conflict. When there's a fear of conflict, there is a lack of commitment. When there's a lack of commitment, there is an avoidance of accountability. And when there's an avoidance of accountability, there is an inattention to results. So how do we turn that around? And how do we create a functional team? Well, it starts with the bedrock of trust. So how do I create a trust as a leader? And I'll talk about some specific things to think about as we can move forward, uh, particularly now, uh, just as a reminder for many of us, what are some things we can do to continue to build trust and continue to build the right to lead our team? When we have a trust bedrock in place and a foundation, guess what? All of a sudden, there's no longer a fear of conflict. We actually have an appetite to contribute ideas, and it means that people are going to come from different backgrounds. They'll have different perspectives. They'll have different beliefs, and that's okay because we want them all on the table. And when a leader can create a a psychologically safe environment, which is founded in trust, and we know that when people put feedback on the table, it is going to be done with the best of intention. It is not to incite um, criticism. It is not to do anything other than help the team improve. Then all of a sudden, people are more than willing to have a robust conversation because it means that it's done with the right of intention. When there is now, a, a guess, an acceptance or a demand that we have those robust conversations, there's no longer a fear of conflict. What tends to happen with the level of commitment 
it starts to go up. People will know that they're they're in it for something greater than, than themselves. They'll be making a contribution to the team, but through that process, they'll always get taken care of as well. So their discretionary effort goes up. Their level of commitment goes up. They'll be looking at doing the extra things they can possibly do to drive the team forward, which means that they're now driving accountability, not just accountability for themselves, but they're driving accountability for each other, and they're also driving accountability for the team. And guess what? When that happens, there's now an attention to the results and everybody wins. So it sounds really, really logical, but it's amazing how many teams I go into and how many businesses I look at where you've got an element of dysfunction and a lot of it comes down to the leader not actually creating that bedrock of trust. So how can we do that? What are some things we can think about in order for us to build a level of trust within our team? Remembering, of course, that just because we have the sales leader's title, it doesn't automatically translate to us being trusted. We've got to work and work and work and work and work at this so that we earn the right to lead a team, but also earn the right to be trusted. And look, it's something we've got to do constantly on a daily basis. So one of the things I always get my clients to think about is what are the actions you're going to take today to continue to build the foundation of trust within your team? And remember that it's not about you. And that's one of the biggest lessons that leaders are, for many of them, are finding out the hard way because they get into a leadership position and they feel, you know, I've made it. I've now got the, uh, I've, got the I've got the title, I've got the prestige, I've got the status. Uh, they very, very quickly work out that their team really doesn't care about that. All they care about is, are you taking care of them? And are you creating an environment where they can thrive? Now, if you can do that, take your eyes off yourself, you're in a very good position to be trusted. So how do we do it? Well, there are three core areas. And this comes from a guy called David Meister. And he created the trust equation. And there's a there's a profile that sits behind this. I won't go through the profile today. But there are three core pillars to think about as a sales leader that we can build on and continue to put focus on so that we get an opportunity to be trusted by our team. Number one is, first pillar is credibility. How can we build credibility? This can come from knowledge. This can come from tenure within the business. This can come from just showing your team, delegating to your team, being with your team, remembering, of course, that the greatest gift you can give your team is the gift of your attention. Another key one around credibility is often you'll have people in your team who are in a role that you have been, particularly if you've been in the organization for a relatively long period of time. You may have moved into different roles and you might have started out at the bottom area where they are right now. So if, if for example, you've started out as an account executive, you're now the senior sales leader, uh, you might have people coming into the organization that are now have a, an entry-level position as an account executive, maybe a customer success manager, business development manager, or something like that. If they know that you've been in that role before, there's a high level of probability that you'll have credibility in their eyes because they know you've been there and you can empathize with some of the challenges that they might be experiencing right now. So if you can do that and build that level of credibility, then keep doing it. But always look for opportunities where you can continue to build credibility with your team. The second one is probably one of the, the biggest is how reliable are you? Now, I've worked with a lot of senior sales leaders who, when I ask the question of them in terms of how reliable are they, I get uh, big question marks. And that, unfortunately, starts to diminish trust that I have in them. And I remember one in particular, there was a a sales leader who will who will remain nameless. I'm not going to not going <laughs> to talk about individuals, but there was one particular leader who I'd been trying to lock in some time with for a number of months, and finally got them better down. Finally got them in the diary, and there was a there was a time towards the back end of the day that 
we had agreed to catch up. And about five minutes before we're due to catch up, I got an email from this particular manager saying, just working on a couple of things. Uh, I've got to go and uh, meet somebody. I'll be back. Um, sorry, but I'll be, we'll, we'll just, uh, I'll, I'll be, I will be back. Anyway, long story short, they came back about half an hour later. And instead of coming directly to me, they proceeded to sit down at a desk and it was in an open plan area and I could see them from there and I thought to myself, hmm, is this leader going to come over and see me based on the fact that I had an appointment with them that was scheduled to happen literally 35, 40 minutes ago? I just thought, I'll just see what happens. Well, this person proceeded to just sit at their desk. So I said, bugger this. I go up to them and say, hey, um, are we going to catch up now? Oh, sorry, I've got a few emails to do. In other words, had no interest and no uh, intention to sit down with me. So from that day, I had literally zero trust in that particular individual and everything they said from that moment, everything they did, I always had a bit of a question mark over their integrity because I could not be trusted. Why? Because they were not reliable. So reliability is a massive, massive thing. It's, and it's you might think about some of the simple things that you may overlook, such as returning a phone call, such as turning up on time, such as actually spending time with a person who you said you were going to spend time with. All of those add to a level of reliability that you have in the eyes of your team. So never, ever take it for granted. And the third pillar is a thing called intimacy. And we often talk about the fact in leadership that as leaders, you are there responsible for the people in your care. They're not your direct reports. They're not your subordinates. They are your team and you are there to serve them. So do you genuinely care about them as a human being? Because remember, your team are asking those three important questions. Do you care about me as an individual? Can you help me and can I trust you? Now, if the answer to those three questions is an unequivocal yes, then you're doing very well in building the level of intimacy with your team because you do genuinely care about them. Now, the test will come when you've got people who are asking for your time and it could be your senior leaders asking for your time. Do you prioritize them over your team? And a strong leader, an exceptional sales leader, will have the conversation upwards based on a fact, of course, that if there is a bedrock of trust, remember, has to be a functional team, not a dysfunctional team. And a senior leader will understand that if you are prioritizing time with your team, they should be okay with that. And what they should do is they should fit in with your schedule, not expecting you to fit in with their schedule. Now, I know easy to say, maybe a little bit more difficult to do, but often that is a test and your team potentially are going to test you constantly. Are you caring about me or are you prioritizing the senior leaders? So that's that's the three core pillars. The credibility, number one, reliability, number two, and intimacy, number three. Do those three things and constantly work on those every single day. You're going to be in a very, very strong position to be trusted by your team. However, because it's called the trust equation, there is one thing that can undermine all of this quicker than anything else. And I've already alluded to this when I talk about it is not about you. And the key thing that can undermine trust more than anything is a thing called self-interest. And unfortunately, the leader I just described just before, they had a very high level of self-interest. And uh, it wasn't a level of interest in others that was commensurate with that level of self-interest. Hence, they didn't have a very trusted relationship with their team. And so from a leadership point of view, if you understand this and you understand that, okay, despite people, they're, in, they're reporting to me from a, from a line perspective and from a company perspective, yep, they are, they are my team. I am there to serve them. I am there to support them. So it's not about me. Everything I do has to be under the, 
perspective of I'm doing something for my team. I want to serve my team. I want to help them get better. I've got to help them. I've got to serve them. And I've got to drive them as well. So self-interest is the one thing that will undermine trust quicker than anything else. So remember, it is not about you. So as we wrap up this episode, hopefully that makes a bit of sense. And uh, hopefully for many of you, it might be just a reminder But it's a good time of year to start thinking about and just reminding ourselves as to why we're doing what we're doing, but also what does a high-performing team look like as we wrap up this calendar year and as we start to launch into a brand new 2024. So remembering that high-performing teams are built on that bedrock of trust. And as a senior sales leader, as an exceptional sales leader, we should be doing everything in our power constantly and every single day to making sure that we're creating that bedrock of trust, building that level of credibility, continuing to be reliable, and continuing to build that intimacy. So I trust that message helps, and I trust that message finds you just at the right time to hear it. And of course, if you'd like some help with any of this, uh, if you're looking for a mentor, you'd like to work one-on-one with a person who can help you take your leadership to an exceptional level in the next 90 days, love to have a conversation about potentially working with you one-on-one. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation, and see where it goes. So Yes, there is a financial investment. Yes, there's also a time investment. If you're looking to fast track your development and pay that forward to your team and help them develop even quicker as well, love to be a part of that, particularly in 2024. So with that said, thanks once again for plugging into the podcast. Greatly appreciate you listening in. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.